It's the Next Level Contractor Podcast. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. Coming at you every Monday at 7 a.m. No bullshit, 30 minutes or less. Eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. And we're helping small businesses and construction companies be more profitable, with better leads, and better systems. We'll do it live! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! And today, we're talking about eight leadership lessons at Hook Agency. So we're going to talk about our team a little bit today and share a few things that we're learning. I don't think we are in any way, shape, or form <laughs> leadership experts. However, every small business hits a lot of the same snags, and uh, there's different kind of predictable phases that you go through, I think, as small businesses. Mm-hmm. And we're hitting that kind of 12 to 15 person range where you have, you have to have leadership, you have to have more than just one person kind of pushing the boat along. And so these are the other people pushing the boat along. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and we're trying to figure out how to be kind of more naturally motivated as a mm-hmm. team. So it's not just the leadership pushing. And I'm going to let Bia ask some questions uh, related to this. She's going to go back and forth, yeah. and then she's going to also share some of her thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I guess my first question's for Tim. And this probably started from the number one hire, which was me. And um, basically, how and why do you hire for aptitude and attitude, not just hard skills? Yeah, I think uh, this was intended to be a differentiating feature of our team. I saw that other agencies would go out and hire three really, really well-seasoned, long-time marketers. And... They often didn't care, it seemed to me, as much about those people's character or, you know, integrity, and they didn't seem to care that much about if those people were, like, really hard workers. So I'd see a lot of people go out and hire for hard skills, meaning technical skills. They're really good at, like, PPC ads or something. They're well known for being really good at something. And I believe, I guess it comes down to my belief that I think you can teach stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And the fact that I guess also I just have this ridiculous confidence that I can help teach people. And I like teaching people. And I think it's really fun to watch people progress as professionals. So I actually believe that if you're not hiring for soft skills and you're sitting there hiring for just super technical skills, you're actually setting yourself up for failure. Now, this is a kamikaze move. This is a bet that we made as an agency, and I'm not positive that it's going to pay off. But from what I can tell so far, hiring for soft skills might be our biggest advantage right now just because what we're looking at is people starting to hit that maturity mark, several people that are getting over that two-year mark, and they had the soft skills. They're really smart people. They're really... Kind, intuitive people that worked hard, and now they've got the technical skill, and it's starting to kind of click. And that, and because we hired for soft skills, that's all still back there. Mm-hmm. But now the technical skills getting layered on. So I've seen it work well so far, but I still feel like I'm in a kamikaze move. So I guess yeah. I'd I'd be curious as to people's thoughts on 
you know, whether or not you think hiring for soft skills or hard skills is more important. But in our experience, it's been, I think, really mm-hmm. successful, even though it was risky. I think um, it was interesting because where I worked before was a salon, which is all technical skills, but their number one thing was that we hire for personalities because we can train you how to do hair and we can, and that was like what they were known for. Like they only hired on soft skills and they were like, we can teach you how to do hair, but we can't teach you to be a good person. Mm -hmm. So I think that was like, (laughs) and that's crazy. I mean, they're like, they're hiring people for us, very specific technical skill. And we all went to school for it, but, like, I got really good training, and that was part of their fundamentals was training people technically, but, like, based on the fact, and they were super selective about their hiring process, and it was honestly probably, like, 80% soft skills because I think they knew that they had the ability to train people to do hair, but they couldn't train people to have good attitudes and be, like, punctual and to be good people, so Mm -hmm. I think... If they could do it, I think we we can figure it out. I think really too like you can you can define your own culture mm-hmm. in your team by who you're bringing on. Uh, if if you think culture is super important to your company, which we do, and I think it's clear that it is now. Mm-hmm. I think you can define what your culture is, what your vibe is inside your company by the attitude of people you're bringing on. Yep. Um, I think, too, if you're just hiring for technical skills, you're kind of limiting yourself a little bit. These people have a a set of things they do well. Maybe they don't have that attitude of, like, I can learn new things. Mm -hmm. I can bring new things to the table all the time. If I don't know how to do it, I can figure it out. I think that's a, a very useful set of skills to bring into, especially a small business or a growing company. Yeah. Yeah. I can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One. Um, so, Cole, this is kind of something that you and I have committed to being. We're kind of the nice guys. So what is the idea behind Padded Plow? Yeah. This one's tough. <laughs> this is Cole um, and I's motto this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're getting tough here. I think it's just the idea behind you want to get the best out of people. You want to pull, sometimes you need to pull that out a little bit. Um, You can't always just assume people are pushing as hard as they can, doing their best work all the time. It's it's softly kind of pushing people forward. Um, I think leading by example a little bit, you know, working hard, um, showing that kind of work ethic that you want your employees to to kind of embody. Um, But, you know, pushing them forward, um, with, with that padded plow, you know, softly um, motivating them, getting them going. Um, I think Tim could probably talk on that a little bit. Yeah, too. I think that it comes down to you have to push people sometimes. You have to help them along, and people want it. People mm-hmm. want that uh, accountability. People really, I think, desire accountability. Mm-hmm. We want it. It's just hard to get it. Hard to get it. Yeah. So you're being account. You're helping people be accountable. You're giving them that secondary like push, but that at the same time it's nice. Mm-hmm. That's really what I think it means. Is like you're nice on contact. So when you're talking to them, you're very nice, but you are kind of at, 
asking them for more. Mm -hmm. And like it kind of goes to that when somebody isn't living up to the expectation, you owe it to people to let them know that they're not living up to expectation and giving them clarity around what would be living up to expectation. And like I think um, the biggest compliment I think you can give someone, well, there's probably a lot of big compliments you can give people, but I think like it's a compliment to have high expectations for people. Mm -hmm. Because if like we didn't have high expectations, it means that we don't think that you can do those things. Mm -hmm. So I think like the higher the expectation as long as, yes, we're nice about it, mm-hmm. is um, it's actually like a compliment to what we think that people are capable of. And I think sometimes if, you, if you're if you not pushing somebody, if you're not trying to pull more out of them, mm-hmm. you're doing them a dis- disservice. Yeah. You know, they, they, could sure. be, they could be better right now than they are if you would have held them accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I totally really agree. Um. So my next question is for Tim. How do we create an environment that is naturally motivating? See, that's that's a good question. I'm trying <laughs> to create. We? You know, <laughs> we're trying to do that. Let's figure right it out now. right here. <laughs> um. The the easiest way to think about this, I think, is just we made a choice to be in a nicer office, and that I think is more motivating for employees. That mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily for me because if I was really what I'm, I am a person interested in profit. <laughs> I am a person interested in, you know, as an owner, getting paid for the risk and the hard work of being an owner. But at the same time, like, it's super important that we have a spot that people want to come to work. So office is the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. Secondary is do they have freedom and autonomy? And then are we also helping them set them up so that they're doing stuff that they're passionate about. And I think that that comes down to making sure that we try to watch who we hire and like that they're actually interested in doing this work. Because if we hire somebody, I actually want them to be naturally motivated in their work because they're going to do better work. Yeah. So it comes down to the filtering and then also just teasing that out of people, reminding them of, hey, I think, I think you can both do hard work that's useful to people and enjoy what you're doing Mm -hmm. and if you're not currently enjoying it how can we help you enjoy it more by kind of within what's useful to our clients and what's going to make them money can we help you do more of the stuff that you actually like to do so I think we do one-on-ones every week with employees and do they are they doing stuff that they're passionate about and asking them that on a regular basis and asking them how we can help them do more that they enjoy. And I guess that's just something that I like I insist on. I insist on people trying to enjoy their work. Mm-hmm. It's just too much time. 40 hours a week. It's just too much fucking time <laughs> yeah. to waste. And so I'm not saying you got to love it all the time, but I'm saying if you can take one step towards enjoying your work more this week, then let's let's try to do that. I'm, I'm going to try to do that this week. I'm going to try to figure out a way to enjoy my work a little bit more this week. And I think that there is wiggle room and there is uh, opportunity for people to find that, even if they're you know an employee and they have specific work they got to get done. 
find ways to do that. And we give, mm-hmm. I think we give a little bit of leeway as far as like we hire early and we fit, yeah. we, we make sure to do it so that they have extra time yeah, to I have 20% like, of their time to, yeah. to do courses or whatever else. I think too, like people get very direct, like everyone is really connected to the results. So like when you're winning, you can see it very clearly. Um, like our SEOs, they look at the numbers and they can like talk to clients about those wins. And if you're in design, you're, you're really connected to it. So I think having that small team of like, Hey, we're actually producing these results and I can get excited about this on a regular basis. That helps. I think too, it comes kind of naturally to small businesses and like us, we have a small team Mm -hmm. and your work affects other people's relationships with clients or their work pretty Mm -hmm. closely. Like the work I'm doing right now affects the writers, other people in our office. Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to like the culture thing, hiring people the same attitudes and hiring people we like. (laughs) I like everyone here. So I don't want to like drop the ball and like have somebody else struggling or or hurting because of something I did. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to culture a little bit. For sure. 100%. Um, Cole, why do we emphasize asking for a result and not just telling people how to achieve the result? Yeah, I really like, I don't like, you know, getting into this, of this thing of like, this is how we've always done it. Mm-hmm. I think there's always ways to improve on processes, make things easier. There's the old thing of like, find the laziest person and give them a task and they'll find the quickest way to get it done. I like it. I think that's kind of an in- interesting thought. Yeah. We don't have lazy people around here, but this is that idea of like... Me on a Friday. <laughs> Friday afternoon? Mm-mm. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, just, um, just getting... It doesn't matter how they got the result as long as they got it and they probably found a different maybe a better way of how we've done it in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just a good kind of attitude to have, um, especially like newer people. I like asking newer people, this, like don't even tell them how we usually do it. Just say, this is what needs to be done. Get it to me and then just see how they do it. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love, you know, sometimes it digs up yeah. new ways of, of doing things. And it doesn't mean that we don't like spot check, right? It's like you no. delegate you empower and then you spot check. You do have to spot check, right? Like yeah. that's something that we do and we Setting make sure bumpers. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like the bumpers and But the, then it's like it yeah. comes down to if it's if you told them the result you want and the results there, mm-hmm. boom. Mm-hmm. Who cares how it got done? Let's let's just make sure that it it's good. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. And I think like just communicating with everyone why I think the other thing on that is sometimes we got to a process because of failing multiple times before that so like if we're coming up with a new process because Tim used to be super involved in like the process in the day-to-day I took that over and now it's going to like I think we're kind of like talking through why we did stuff in a certain way but then we're not connected to it that like oh it has to be this way just because I said it has to be like what are things that now that we have 10 people behind you working on this how can it be different than when it was 
Tim and I trying to figure this out. And we had to do certain things because there was two of us, not yeah. ten of us. You know, so I think... Exactly. So there's some old that. kind of yeah, there's some old chaff stuff. that was, like, yeah. just related to the, the constraints of the moment that those constraints don't exist anymore. So it's good we don't get stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of on the same thing then, Tim, my next question was, why do you encourage new teammates to add their own processes and tweak processes? Well, I think really it comes down to the point of... Process is important, Mm -hmm. like process, not necessarily exactly which specific process. It just means we are in the business partially of creating processes, Mm -hmm. not even just creating results for clients, which I really, you know, I really believe that we've got basically the best processes we've ever had at the moment because we've opened that up to other people Mm -hmm. doing those based on the result that we want. And opening it up sooner, helping them realize this is a business where we create processes, which can be, you know, a Google spreadsheet, which can mm-hmm. be a calendar invite, which can be a weekly meeting pulse, which can be a checklist, which can be a, it can be a lot of things, right? But these are examples of processes. Mm-hmm. Are you the type of person that's willing to contribute to creating processes? That's something I ask in meetings, you know, with new perspective employees is like are you cool with building something yeah yeah because we're gonna build something we're not just gonna like live in this house we're gonna make the we're gonna make the new wing this next year Mm -hmm. this is a new you know we need to be able to create new elements of these processes from the very beginning so even new employees yes sometimes we say hey wait a second at the very beginning but as soon as you're up to speed to how we do things in a basic way let's start evolving Mm -hmm. stuff and, you know, it goes back to an awesome management consultant, Mad Singers, um, who manages for SEO companies, in case you're a random SEO company listening to this or watching this. Um, awesome guy. But what he said was every person that leads the, each department in the business, and even though the departments are small right now because we're not a huge team, they should be the ones signing off on those processes every year. Mm-hmm. every quarter they people should be signing off on those and then we need to evolve them and they need to be responsible for evolving them because if the people own the processes then you've got a lot more you don't have to be perfectly down in the day to day and that goes last thing that goes to the term kaizen which is uh the the continual improvement i think that one of the biggest things for leaders when you're talking about processes is taking your ego out of it and like allowing for there to be I think like Cole is saying like we still have bumpers and like okay we still know we need to have this result in quality control but I think it's like am I just sticking to this process because I'm the one that made it and I am like connected to it because my ego is attached I think that sometimes can be something that's difficult because you're like, I built this. This is what I did when we were starting. And for Are you me, talking directly to me? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I know that this has happened to she's me. Like, saying, she's calling me out on my own no. podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's actually true. I agree. Yeah, I think that if we can give a tip to leaders that are trying to do this, I think it's like stepping out of the way and allowing for things to like to Cole's point of say what the result is that you want and then allowing things to change because it probably is time and it's not a it's not an ego thing it's not like 
a negative against you. It's mostly just like there's a better way because we've got new information. So I think that's an important thing to think about when talking about processes. Um, One second, sorry. I edit this part out. I think we've got uh, five more minutes. Um, so coming off of processes, Cole, why do you think it's so important to celebrate wins often? I think it's part of the whole motivation thing. We talked about the padded plow. I had a company I worked at, and my department had this big, like, monumental thing. We had this huge queue that we inherited when we came into the uh, into the department, and we we cleared out the entire queue. First time that's happened in like five years, and nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened at all. <laughs> Uh, and it was like just demoralizing. It's yeah. like why we put in extra hours. We worked overtime to like complete this, you know, this personal goal that we had. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, nothing happened. And we never tried it again because like why, why would why yeah. would we put in the eff- extra effort if we're not getting kind of recognized for this stuff? It was like a big corporation, so it was... That's not that fun in the first place, but mm-hmm. there are some big corporations that seem to do things. Well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know any particularly. No, it is. Can't so, name it's so anybody. frustrating because you just feel like I'm doing this and I don't get any credit, and like I don't even need like monetary things. It's just like, mm-hmm. yay, that was awesome. It's the very least that we can do, mm-hmm. and it's not that hard. So that kind of goes to my my question for Bia. Mm-hmm. Switching up, <laughs> asking the questions for fun here. Um, do millennials and Gen Z need more encouragement? Hmm. I think that um, I think that probably what's the one right above us above millennials? Gen X. Gen X. Gen yeah. X and baby boomers probably need the same amount of encouragement. I think now we're just starting to recognize that it's okay that we ask for it <laughs> and that we say this matters to us. Um, I think it kind of took a, I think it's a little bit different. Like we've navigated through job markets being really good, job markets being really tight. And I think um, when the job market was really tight, I think people had to start to understand, hey, like as an employer, if it's really difficult to find employees, that's what I mean. Um, What do we, what can we do? How can we celebrate our employees? How can we meet that very bare minimum of like the encouragement? And I think that that's kind of, transition to being something that we require. I I think that sometimes people find that millennials need too much encouragement or congratulations. And I think, who cares? Just do it. I don't know. I'm also a person that that hard. It's like the easiest thing. And I'm a person that I'm like, words of affirmation are difficult for me, but I think it's like, that encourages people. So why can't I, like, why not? It's not like, yeah. That's what I think of, like, why not? Yeah. Why, why not more encouragement? If you're going to spend 40 hours a week mm-hmm. in yeah. an environment, why not have a positive, encouraging environment? Yeah. I think people think that if they're too encouraging that people won't realize, their employees won't realize there's a high standard there. Yeah. And they, they but it's funny because you fall into a trap mm-hmm. by getting in that mode of, oh, people... I don't want to give them encouragement because they're still not living up to yeah. my expectations here. You're allowed to say when people aren't living up to your expectations, you're just also supposed to say when they 
exceeded are. them, yeah. which people do, and they do more mm-hmm. when you tell them they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think people want to work, and people work harder for when they know that someone's going to actually give them encouragement. And, like, yeah. I think it also goes to the, like, I think people want to perform for people who have high expectations but who are also quick to give a compliment or an acknowledgement and we're just trying to build that into our culture so that it's not just us three having to do it it's also like the team doing it for each other because I think there's nothing better than getting a compliment from your coworker. I feel like it's almost even better it's like Mm -hmm. from your parents when they congratulate you it's like okay yeah you're my parent like cool but I think like when you were a kid like siblings or friends saying that you did something cool that was like the best feeling so all right we're gonna wrap up the podcast here we've got one last question for Cole in a couple sentences I apologize um, but we're wrapping up how do people react differently when you treat them like adults I think it's more motivating to to be treated like an adult as in we build into our culture freedom um, and you know, flexibility of hours worked, just going back to giving a result and, you know, it doesn't matter when or how, you just get the result done. Um, I think that creates just kind of loyalty. I agree with you on the loyalty (laughs) thing because there's an element of when people think that you, you know, you think of them as an adult, there's just this aspect of, other companies don't do that. They, they, be has worked for places where they make you sign up for lunch or do crazy stuff like that. It just basically encourages this idea of like, if you can get something over on them, yeah. you will because they ha- they've, they've made these weird little pedantic, these little specific rules that are going to just make you feel like a child. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you don't feel loyalty to that. You don't feel even goodwill towards that. So you're going to pull, you know, if you can, you know what I mean? When you get super rules focused, you get stuck. You're going to figure out how to save those seven minutes each day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I go back to like when I've had, I've had jobs with those, you know, tight rules, all these checkups. It's like what I think of is why did you hire me if you don't, if you don't trust me mm-hmm. and you don't think I'm going to do the work, get it done? Why did you, why did you hire somebody that you don't trust yeah. 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 And, and yeah, respect, I think, are the two biggest things. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when we treat people like an adult, they respect everyone here, I think, respects our company and like respects our clients. So they want to, they're naturally motivated to be an adult about it and get things done, even if it means that they have to do stuff a little above and beyond. I think people are just more willing to do that. So that goes that whole like creating an environment that's naturally motivating, which is our goal which is, I think, what we're trying to do. Not saying that we've reached this pinnacle of leadership and we, you know, as a 12-person company going on 20, whatever, in the next couple of years here. But what I do think is that it's a good intention. We're well on our way, and I'm excited about it. We wanted to share a little bit about what we've learned so far. I feel like we should come back and just do one of these every, every uh, 15, 20 episodes. It's just kind of a state of the state of the company kind of thing. I, I saw other podcasts do that. Um, and I, it was really useful. It was kind of like a window into the what's going on in their culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, we might do that every once in a while here. And we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, the podcast is next level. And follow us 
at Hook Agency all over social and check us out at hookagency.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.